Hi, welcome to Over the Top, where we get to relive my trauma from the last weekend. I've got my man Justin here. Justin, I'm guessing this is an episode you're looking forward to. Me, not so much. Oh, man. Uh, I've been looking forward to this all week. This is going to be a spicy, amazing episode. Just think of the storylines, the title race, new teams that we have fighting for the top four, the relegation. This January, we have so many storylines as a neutral. So, I mean, you could just imagine the amount of spicy takes and opinions that I have right now. A lot about your team. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what uh, my club is is good for. And honestly, I just got to say, I feel like it's been amazing to watch City and Liverpool just be at such a high level for the last like five, six years. This year's feeling and looking a lot different. And in many ways, it's a lot more competitive. Sure, the level isn't as high, but like even outside of like the never ending shit show of my club, like the title race is interesting. I don't know, Kyle. Players in the mix. Mind the gap. Mind the gap. Seriously, though. Seriously. I mean, so should we get into Spurs and Arsenal? I mean, I I think, you know, well, we're wasting time if we don't. Yeah, so I mean, you probably probably would have seen uh, Spurs hosted Arsenal. Uh, I was going to say in North London, but of course in North London, but in the new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, um, this is a you know a fixture where the home team always tends to win, but Arsenal broke that uh, pr- predictably broke that streak uh, pretty easily. I would say on what was that Saturday, Sunday, Sunday, um, yeah. It's been a blur of a week for me as I just wallow in my <laughs> sadness. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have a trip to go to a Spurs game in April. And now I think you, I heard from your family that you're considering going to Arsenal to watch a game because you want to see a winning team. Is that true? Or Oh, <laughs> shut up. Yeah. Uh, well, it's funny. I mean, actually, I, I mean, the three, three of the stadiums are trying to go to. Chelsea, Liverpool, Spurs, all struggling sides. So we might have to go see winning side at Old Trafford of all places. Ah, yeah. Guess who they play? Chelsea. So I might actually have to watch Potter Ball twice. Like, you know, kill me. But Uh, there are worse games to go to. Yeah. United and Chelsea for sure. Big time. Big time. I mean, all the games I'm totally stoked for. But ah, the atmosphere in April in the Spurs stadium. I don't know. It might be a weird one. Oh, man. But just to get back to this one, Kyle, so many places to go. And we're, we're going to do a big deep dive, real microscopic yeah. analysis of Spurs. But I think it would be so unfair not to start with Arsenal Got in this game. Halfway through the season, 47 points, essentially. right? Or Do they have 18 or 19 games? They have 18. So they still have one more game till half the season. Uh, 47 points. I'm so impressed with Arsenal. You know, I think that throughout the season, I've said, you know, they've played great form. They can't keep this up, all sorts of things, right? Are they going to keep this up after they get back from the World Cup? And they have, and they've stayed remarkably healthy. You know, there's still like injury concerns and not the way, but they're still healthy and they're still playing and they've been brilliant. And their young players, especially awestruck i mean william saliba in the back amazing gabriel's haven't been really solid i would say yeah, to good yeah uh granted jaka transformed not a young player he's transformed great season you could say form whatever he's been great this season parte di- difference maker perfect for that team been absolutely essential 
Odegaard. I mean, not I can't say enough about Odegaard and what he does. I mean, uh, he's so good. You and I both parts, you know, in large parts of our life have played center mid, probably not as silky or attacking. I'll speak for both of us as Odegaard is, but my God, I mean, the way he just is a maestro on that field. And we'll talk about all the space he had in a second, but especially in that first half, I mean, yeah, easy for him to get around. And then Martinelli, Saka on the what? It's just, they are playing so cohesively and as a team, and playing Arteta's, you know, vision and strategy and ball. I mean, I I commend Arsenal. I had doubts about Arteta. I commend Arsenal for giving him the time to establish a culture and a system where players can come and thrive and they have trust, two-way trust in their manager and their club and then the manager and their players. So uh, I, I don't know where I am with Arsenal, but I'm really close to saying that they have a better chance to win the title than Manchester City. Yeah, I mean, it's big. I mean, look, it's just a product of uh, we're almost halfway. I mean, some teams, we're pretty much halfway through the season. Lots of time left, but you can't, you know, like you alluded to, you can't just keep on putting off how good Arsenal have been to, oh, there's so much up this season. Like, they're there for a reason. And they've been consistently looking this way, getting results like this, not making mistakes like, arsenal of a bygone era would and you're right like the whole foundation besides uh i don't think thomas party's old but like there may be like one or two starting spots on that entire team that is not young and Mm -hmm. so you have this young core and foundation and i'm with you 100 like the board bought into the arteta project gave him time and then it's not just the patience with the manager, but like Arteta himself has got to get these players playing in the way he wants. And like, you know exactly what Arsenal is going to do and the way that they move the ball and the way that they press, it's like predictable. And that's a product of good management. So like, he's also got to take credit on top of the credit you give the board. So I'm totally with you. I would also want to just want to point out um, in a game of different, uh differing goalkeeping quality mm, of the day mm. you've got two goalkeepers going different directions and i was finding myself wondering throughout this game if the goalkeepers for this specific match switched would the result look a little different at all because ramsdale spurs were not great but ramsdale had some great saves it did especially and, in that, yeah and yoris we'll get into it but um beyond the mistake he was shaky and probably could have done better on the second goal. So I don't know. I think you got to give Ramsdale some credit. I mean, the one would save with his foot on Sessignon, excellent save. So don't know if I'm quite with you to say they're title favorites, but like big picture beyond the season, they're now in a position where all of their players, almost all are going to just improve. You have the foundation now to just like very selectively buy quality starting players for even big money on top of your young team that'll just improve and knows each other it's a good place to be yeah it reminds me and i said this way earlier in the season on a different scale because arsenal have way more talent and resources but they remind me of the leicester team honestly the way they play they play the way that obviously they play differently but the way they play and they go and play in that opponent stadium and the opponent knows how they're going to play and they still can't stop them Yep. Yeah. 
It's funny. I would actually compare them. I see what you're saying. It's like a much more attacking. Much. It's a it's totally different too, philosophy. But, but I think what it's more. Yeah. What you're saying though, just like not bending to. It's it's all about what your team does versus like being reactive. Mm-hmm. A la like Jose Mourinho, who's like, <laughs> to his credit, is like a master of like reacting to how others play. But like this team, they remind me a lot of a Pochettino team. Actually, it's Spurs that is like a higher level of quality. You know, like young, high pressing, fluid, fun to watch, you know, has like a dirty streak in them, like in a good way. But the caliber is like higher than I mean, like if if Kane and Son were at a higher ability back then or Erickson and Delhi didn't fall off a cliff, maybe you could look like this. But Arsenal have a strong defense. The Spurs just mm. oh, actually mm-hmm. that's not true. Spurs like good defense at the time, but. It's like a higher caliber Pochettino team. So credit to Arsenal. They're exactly where they need to be. What is it? Like eight points ahead of City now? Eight maybe seven? Eight. With like one less game played, I think. Or maybe they both. I think they're it. the same right now. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, one quick, you mentioned him. Uh, Ramsdale. This is a guy I had doubts on when they bought him. I'm going to be honest. I mean, relegated twice. And not of his fault. I think we acknowledge that as well. But just, is this the top quality goalkeeper you could get? for the money that you spent um, at the time. And, uh, you know, it's looking like they yeah. made a good investment. I mean, he's been, it's not just this game. He was yeah. excellent in this game, but he's come up with great saves all season. For sure. I mean, look, if I was as, as a fan of a club who's thinking about buying Jordan Pickford, if the only English goalkeeper I'd consider is Ramsdale. So I think he's better than Pickford. And he's more commanding and is better with his feet. Although they're both pretty good with their feet. They're but. both good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I don't think there's any way you could say it's been a bad, bad investment no. on Ramsdale. So relegated twice. You know, just think of that Bournemouth and Sheffield, right? It's just uh that's gotta take a toll, right? It's a plus a goalie, like, oh man, you know, every goal that I let in is like crucial versus like an mm-hmm. arsenal where you you could win four to one. It's not as big of a deal. Well, he had a lot of practice facing a lot of shots. So, <laughs> yeah, you know. you know, there's something to that, right? Like Nick Pope going from yeah. Burnley to Newcastle. Yeah. I mean, big part of their league leading defense, too. Um, anyway, we're talking about, you know, we're about to talk. We can't talk about good teams anymore. We got to talk about. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Spurs are in fifth. All right. Lay the end of the world. Lay it on. Come on. Let's go. Spurs. I think I, I just want the listeners to understand, like, Spurs are even making Justin upset and like only a club like tottenham could do that to a neutral you know they are pissing me off let's just start there they are pissing me off and where to start and you know we create rough outlines for this show but no means is it verbatim or do we share all our tidbits to this but i am so sick of the same shit every game every game we get What's going to happen this game? Oh, I don't know. Spurs come out. They don't play for 45 minutes. They're down one. They're down two. Oh, my God. Miraculous comeback. 2-2, two, 1-1. Two, one, one. They come back to win. 3-2, all these teams. That works against the Wolves, maybe, or West Ham this season. Yeah. Guess who that doesn't work against? Fucking Arsenal, who are top of the table. Mm-hmm. They're a little more stout defensively. And even with that said, Spurs had their chances, right? And we'll get into that in a second. They, they could have scored this game easily. But you can't put yourself, keep putting yourself every game 
into a deserved one or two goal hole at halftime because you were a sack of shit the first half. I don't get it. I am losing my mind because it's not an ability thing because they come out in the second half and they play really well a lot of times. They press. They look lively. They're attacking. Why are they so passive? Why are they so terrible in first half? I don't get it. I'll stop there. I have a lot to say. uh, I'll let you talk. No, it's it's frustrating. It's frustrating because, like, you know, for a while now, I've always thought it's like a mentality thing with Spurs and like the whole Spurs narrative and of all opposing fans of, of the media and much of which is deserved. Like, I think that like feeds into the psychology of a Tottenham Hotspur player or something. But it's getting to a point, though, where like, you know, you and I have played on teams where we have like a psychological thing going on and you just get in a rut. But like for like 25 plus games, I how can it not be a tactic of some kind? Not obviously to go down and to play terribly, but to do the opposite of like Jose Mourinho and like sit back, conserve energy for the second half. But like their defenders are just not good enough for that. Like Mm -mm. this team, and we've said this for, I don't know how many years, because the same players over and over, this team has mistakes all over it. And so I don't think it's conducive to a really defensive system anyway. I'm not even sure I'd call Conte's system like very defensive. It's just like pragmatic. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's frustrating, but a lot of mistakes. Talked about the mistakes. Yeah. Arsenal, there's no doubting Arsenal deserved to win this game. And it probably would have gone the way it went anyway. But like Yoris's mistake on the first goal mm-hmm. was just killer. Inexcusable. Inexcusable. Like at the top ele- level. Elementary. Like yes. Elementary. This is a guy who's captain the best national team we've seen with the most talent since spain um around in a decade in a decade in a decade captain his team to winning a world cup and then captain's team to the next final in an epic game and i just and he's been it's a shame because he's been such a good servant of tottenham hotspur and i've been like there have always kind of been questions over his mistakes, but I've always been like one of his biggest defenders because even the biggest goalkeepers make mistakes, but that officially on the Premier League website where they keep their stats, they've accredited four mistakes that have led to goals for him. I count five from what I've seen this year, and they've all been in the biggest games. Arsenal twice, Chelsea, uh, the first Arsenal mistake would not have changed the result earlier in the season, but Chelsea, the other Arsenal, that's three Newcastle. Mm. Remember that one. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. I remember him. Oh yeah. New Year's day. Aston Villa. Yeah. That's five, five mistakes. That's there. It's, it's, it's getting it's, to the point. It's four too many. It's four too many. You get one a season probably if on, you're... on this list. The next most from any player is two. That's what I'm saying. You get one a season. Like you, every goalie, you have a bad day. It happens, but five, or four bat, but five. Let's just say four, just to give yeah. them the benefit of the doubt. That's twice as much as like I think there are like three or four players who have two mistakes that have led to goals. Mm-hmm. Grace has doubled that. <laughs> it's he's costing them points now. And I don't think I would drop him, but like you know, in the summer, that's gonna have to be something they think about because he is 36 now, clearly is in decline, and it's just it's killing it. One of the multiple things that's just killing the Spurs team. It's inexcusable. It's Kyle. sad. It's, it's really you know, sad. 
and obviously great history at the club, you know, awesome player, awesome captain, all the things. He'll be a club legend. Club so. legend, you know, probably don't have a replacement this window. That is better. Yeah. You know, when you have a problem, you have to have a solution, right? You know, I, you know, we come here and bitch and all the things. That's what we can do. We're doing this for fun. But if you're, you know, Daniel Levy, you have to have a solution to a problem. Yeah. It's probably not happening to summer, but in the summer, yeah. I think you have to move off. You have yeah. to. I mean, you're already seeing stories like with some rumors about goalkeepers, mostly hearing about David Raya from Brentford, who's a keeper I really like. You, know, so, you got to do but, something, right? Um, I mean, you know, you see, you know, a, a sport that we watch a lot in our country, the NFL kickers, right? You know, yeah. a much different sport, much different position. You know, you have a kicker that can miss kicks. It's fine. It happens. Kicker misses multiple kicks, three kicks in a row. That type of four, thing, they're gone. Four extra points in a row. Well, no, <laughs> only the Cowboys. He's still on the team, by the way. Yeah. Uh, but, uh-huh. you know, you miss multiple kicks, you're gone. Especially yeah. regular, you're gone. See ya. That's how it is. And goalies, yeah. like, you know, it's probably the hardest position to play. So much pressure and positioning and all sorts of things. Yeah. But at this level, at a club, they're dropping points that's so critical and so much money involved yeah. in making the top four. You can't can't have it he's he's costing him he's in decline um it's getting to the point where maybe that's also the case for another player who i hold dear close to my heart hungman son hungman son or youngman i i should not pronounce at this point but jesus dude um disappearance disappearance act number let's see they played 20 premier league games maybe 19 actually so disappearance act number 18 on the season he's had one good game the one game he was dropped it's not the lack of goals for me he scored a hat trick in that game by the way yeah he did that okay that is an example of a player reacting to a managerial decision and sometimes you got to do this with players to play with their psychology and i don't know what's up with son because it's not the lack of goals and assists that's bugging me as much as his general play has been awful. His first touch has been awful. And I don't think it's an attitude thing. I don't think it's no. like a, a lack of work in like playing the position that he needs. To, I, I think, I think that in my opinion, there's a couple of things. And you tell me where you're, you know, you follow Spurs more closely than I do. Yeah. But here's what I've observed. Number one, everything that you just said, bad touch, instincts, his shots. Like yeah. I've seen multiple opportunities in various games where he has great opportunities he's at strike at the keeper or for a save that could have easily been a goal so number one number two i don't feel like he's always put in the best position to succeed mm-hmm. meaning the formation and the tactics that are used and where he's playing he's asked to do things that aren't his strength that take away from what he does and what his cutting edge strengths are mm-hmm. so i think those two factors him his form and that are contributing to this grand magician disappearance act that we've seen this season. You mean just like putting him in positions where he's like in crowded areas, more central as opposed to like running along the shoulder of the defender or taking on his man one-on-one like that. Yeah. More one-on-one opportunities. I see him starting his starting position with the ball way further back into the defense than it used to be. Um, Yeah. I. It's weird. It's it's not just one pro it's a few things, but I've just, I've not been impressed from where his starting position is and how he's been no. used. So, no, it's an, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about the manager a little bit later, but um, it's, it's interesting because 
Conte over the last year has always talked about Son as a, he keeps saying it like him in the Kulisevsky position are like number 10s, which is weird because Son is not that kind of player. Not a number he, 10. He's an X-factor player. You want him to take on the man or run, you know, he's good and behind. And it, like, I'll be really curious what happens against City on, uh, God, tomorrow on Thursday, because City's the team that gives him a lot of space in behind, and he is always killer in those situations. He's not been playing like that at all. So, and I say this is someone who like Son is probably my favorite player right now. And I'm not saying this is someone who like I'm turning my back on Son and want him sold, but like I'm just being honest. Like it hasn't been good enough. And it's costing us. And I think if he doesn't show up against City, I think he's going to get benched. Richarlson's healthy. So uh, we've been leaning towards like talking about the manager formation issues. I don't know, Justin. It seems like you have some issues with the tactics in this game. Or even just talked- big picture. <laughs> uh, Yeah, beyond this game. But let's focus on this game. This just happened. Yeah. We know what Arsenal's like. I said with my Lester comment, we kind of know what Arsenal's going to do before the game, right? They're really good at something. They're going to do it, and they say, "You can't stop us." That kind of mentality. You know, they're going to put three in the midfield. Yeah. We've seen Spurs have problems in that arena, in the midfield, and getting exposed in various games. Why in the world are we not giving help in that midfield? especially playing an inexperienced player there Mm -hmm. to give more cover and to more stability, to neutralize some of the biggest threats that Arsenal has running up through the middle. It doesn't make sense to me, Kyle. Help me make, like, help me understand why in the world we'd stick to this five, two, three, or whatever you want to call it formation versus Mm -hmm. going like a five, three, two. Help me. Yeah. No, it's it's hard to hard to have answers to. And this is the thing we're we're going towards this this Conte issue and this is the thing with Conte that's starting to wear on me a little bit is he just seems too rigid to his ideas. And you know, it's funny because we're just talking praising Arsenal for the same thing in a way like you know exactly what you're going to get, but like I feel like if if things weren't going well for Arteta or like Pep even, who they know how they play, they still make changes. Mm-hmm. And from as soon as I saw the formation, which is exactly what I expected, two in the midfield, I as a former center mid, I think, damn dude, Martin Odegaard is going to have acres of space. Right. Or he's going to draw out one of the center backs and that derails the whole center back line. And surely enough, Martin Odegaard was just finding acres of space in between midfield and defense. And um, he's got the quality to hurt you. And he should never have had that much space to shoot in a second goal. So I, and, and you mentioned the the young player, Saar. Um, I thought he was the better of the two midfielders on the day, which is, imagine if Saar didn't have a good game. It would have been disaster. So I just feel like, Conte's too rigid with his preferred system and he just isn't has not been changing things as early as I would like and I don't always blame him because he doesn't necessarily have all the tools that he needs to play the way he wants to play and the players take a huge blame of that but um you can see from a mile away that 
you know, in this game and then shit against city, uh, tomorrow, I would play three in the midfield, you know, just to so show who would you up. play like uh Bettencourt, assuming he's healthy and ready to go, uh, Hoiberg and who else would you drop like Kulisevsky to well, play in the mid? Like, what would you do? I think I would do a different against Arsenal. I would have put Kulisevsky as like an attacking center mid mm-hmm. uh, to sort of mirror the midfield shape of of Arsenal. Um, and that would also, in a way, help out the wingbacks who are getting targeted by Odegaard and Martinelli. Um, but against City, I would probably put Basuma in there, mm. who I have not been impressed with like that much at all in Spurs, but like, still early. Yeah. Still early, but... Uh, Oliver Skip seems like he's struggling post injury. I mean, he was out for like eleven months. So, um, right, yeah, I would be more conservative against City. And look, I think Kulisewski is a kind of wide player who's just as good in taking center mid positions. But again, with Conte, like Kulisewski said in the press, he likes to play that cam attacking center mid position. Again, Conte, like I, I don't understand the lack of flexibility and. What is your take on the whole Conte versus the board thing and how I feel like almost everyone unanimously Spurs fans, not Spurs fans, media, you name it, will give Conte the benefit of the doubt, blame the players and the ownership group, which is totally fair. But what is it? I don't know. Does Conte take any kind of blame in your eyes in this situation? So earlier when this spat that sounds too harsh but the spat was originating i was on conte's side just you know i think you have historical biases and evidence to say what is in the past tottenham's board has been a huge problem there's a lot tons of evidence (laughs) (laughs) overwhelming evidence right yeah but conte is not blameless here yeah, there's so much we can put on the board with recruitment and getting the players and spending the money when at the right time to spend the money too, not waiting till the end of the transfer window to get players and you don't have time for integration and all these sorts of things. There's so much you could do there. But also a manager's job is to look at the players that they have and get the most out of the players that they do have and find the formation and the system that you know, that will get the most out of the players. And I get managers, especially at the club level, you can do this way more than at the international level. You can have systems and processes and that sort of thing and making players fit in. But at some point, especially when you're in a top four race, you got to, you got to try things and adjust to what other teams are doing to you. Or even adjust to the players even. Or that that too, yeah, adjust to the players, but adjust to also like, you know, you're getting beat, like this example. You're getting absolutely torn apart by three midfielders in the center. There's an extra man there, right? Mm -hmm. 3v2 is a huge advantage. Try something else. Yeah. And don't wait till the first half to do it in the next game. City have a damn good midfield, AK, like FYI. Yeah. No, seriously. Let's it's... do something about it because I promise you, you do not want KDB to have that same space. No, not at all. Not at all. So, yeah, I mean, look, I, I still am pretty much, I would say more or less, on, even though it might not sound like it, I'm still on Conte's side. If it was up to me, I would want the board to sign him up to an extension to get him what he needs and what he wants, ultimately. But all I will say is... uh. 
this is was probably the biggest transfer window in the summer of my time as a Spurs fan. I don't think you can question the fact that the squad has improved. And since the end of last season, the squad has, if anything, gone backwards. Any other manager would get the blame for that. And Conte's not uh, free of that. Hope it turns around. Hope he signs a right wing back and finally don't have to start. Keep talking about Eric Dyer as a starting center back because it's on like <laughs> year four or five of that. And he's still center back starting at Spurs. Whatever. I'm done with this Tottenham subject. It's hey, just but, irritating but, me. But Eric Dyer is fluent in Portuguese, though. I mean, that's pretty cool. It is really cool. um i feel like we have we have have to complain about one team a week last week we complained about chelsea a lot so we don't we didn't feel like we had to do it this podcast although the jow felix sending off thing was hilarious but um (laughs) i think we can move on to the next game we covered this topic in our spurs deep dive quite a bit but we also had another massive game the manchester derby uh not without controversy but manchester united Took it away two to one over City. A nice little upset that set Arsenal to have that eight point gap and United to creep up on that third spot and that second spot as well. So there are a lot of different things that I think Manchester United did really well in this game and grew into the game as well. But I think we'd be remiss to not talk about the huge controversy in the first goal for Bruno Fernandez. Yeah. Through ball. Let me set the stage. There's a through ball. Marcus Rashford clearly is in an offside position if he touched the ball. Ran with the ball, not touching his feet, but essentially at his feet, up until right inside the 18-yard box. Yeah, he was chasing it. Chasing the ball. Like, you had to be inches away almost all the whole time from the ball at the end. Bruno Fernandez comes in and kicks the ball and scores. This was reviewed as offside and they reviewed it and it was called a goal. Kyle, I had huge problems with this, reviewing this and looking at so many angles of this. The technical rule, and I don't know how it's officially written, but the spirit of the rule is that you cannot have a player interfere uh, with the ball and with other players like you see it when there's a goal and somebody's blocking a goalie's vision, right? Sometimes that's called offside. I've seen pictures where they take Marcus Rashford out of the equation and what that, where the players are positioned. And I can tell you, there's no way a Kanji is running at the angles he's doing. Mm-hmm. There's no way Ederson is set up where he is to neutralize the threat of Rashford because it wasn't called offside. I have huge problems with this. What is your take? Well, uh, in theory, I'm a, I'm a fan of VAR being used in a positive way. And what I mean by that is like, it really bugs me that VAR VAR keeps taking away goals. True. Like offsides where it's like, it's so arbitrary. Like, I don't see why it should be used in that negative sense. So in theory, I'm like, okay, VAR was actually used to create a goal. Like in theory, that's great. But when you watch this, anyone who thinks Rashford wasn't influencing the play does not know the game. Like I can confidently say that. And I only just feel like the people who are refereeing the Premier League, like 
just don't seem to get the little nuances of the game in that way. Cause I think you and I and everyone else we ever played with growing up would think that's offsides like mm-hmm. everyone. And you can see a kanji and I forget who else, if it, who the other center back was like they hesitate or slow down right at like close to the end in a way that like, I don't think you can question whether or not that impacts the play. And plus like if, they're always calling off goals like that when someone's offside and blocking the keeper's vision. Like, I feel like that gets taken out of context and I feel like they should give a lot more of those goals personally. Yeah. But you're affecting one player as opposed to like literally multiple in this phase of play. And it was insanity to let this goal stand in my opinion. And and the, the, the assistant ref did his job properly called it offside it's the VAR and the center ref who really botched this one. And this stuff matters. Like it could be tight. At Ch- the top it changes, of the table. The, changes the course of games and seasons and for seasons. sure. Like, you know, and cities, pissed, they play different and you know, that's a testament. They shouldn't do that, but you know, this things happens. Games are emotional. Yep. And and I should never be upset about city losing. Cause I'm sick and tired of city winning all the time, <laughs> but I still see this and I'm like, that's it's just not right for that goal to stand no way here's the thing though like there you know well i'll hear counterpoints and i'm sure i'll have friends that listen to this that message in and say like you know justin there's these goals all the time that you know there's a player standing in an offside position and another player will run up and score i i really don't have a problem with that i think it was this unique rule and how many players that rashford affected and how much interference he provided and kind of shielding the ball in a way from a kanji as well as he's running with it. This wasn't this, you know, a scenario where someone's standing offside and a defender slows down where they shouldn't slow down that type of thing where we see all the time that happens. This was unique in my opinion. It it was a weird play. And it, this, this sort of like movement doesn't really happen that often. So I think any comparison is like apples and oranges. So uh, not a goal for me. They scored not long after what, like mm-hmm. four minutes after the goal yep. was given. Uh, young dude, eighteen-year-old Alejandro Garnacho, uh, with the assist to Marcus Rashford. Garnacho looking pretty good, looking spicy. Play, you know. Yeah. Um, I I don't I don't know. I need to see a little bit more of this guy, but yeah, we've got yet another eighteen-year-old out of United. They tend to. I don't know, create a lot of hype, but man, he's looking good. I don't think you can you can doubt that. I'm impressed. I think that you know, there's a lot of more that he needs to show, but I think he's shown more than Alanga this yep. season. I mean, one, you one move on him. one, he's really good. One on yes, one. Mm-hmm. you know, Argentinian flair, as they say, right? Yeah, I, I I liked what I saw out of Garnacho, and I need to see a lot more. Right, there needs a lot more. I need to see. I'm just mad that Dortmund's rumored with a longer right now because I don't want him. I don't, I don't see it in him. I mean, he's fine. He's fine player, but, but like, it's kind of like Anthony Gordon. I'm like, I don't understand the big money, like big team interest. And in, well, he has the, he has the English tax. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I don't know. Really impressed with him. Uh, really impressed again and again, this season, Marcus Rashford. Uh, holy shit. I mean, for like 18 months there, Rashford was really not in a good way. He's turning into a flop. 
was turning into yeah like a deli oh no that's unfair uh, no let's not <laughs> not that bad but like definitely seemed like a player who hit his peak at 22 and was just going nowhere else but down but man marcus rashford like beyond what he does outside of the game and like i don't know how you can dislike the guy mm-hmm. but in terms of the football and what we see on the pitch this season under 10 hog like 10 hogs just seems to be getting a tune out of him and he has been the one leading this team well one of the players leading united into this new era and with the signing like veg horse i think we'll see rashford in his preferred position and like that left forward position and i i don't think that can mean anything else but but good things i, I don't know he's he's doing the business for them Absolutely. Uh, Rashinho, Rash Messi. Uh, I don't think I've heard Rashinaldo before, but we'll see. I remember your friend on our soccer team when he, when Rashford is 18, referred to him as Marcus Rashford or Pele Rashford or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Marcus Pele Rashford. That's I'm right. Like, settle down, settle down. Uh, United, uh, what did you think of uh, Milk Tits uh, center back? Was he still playing center back in this game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Malasia was out left. Wow. Wow. I'm hey, look, uh Luke Shaw's been pretty good for them. Center yeah. back doesn't seem to make sense for me, but like, hey, you know, you never know. Hey, well, we've dispelled the height thing, right? With Lissandro. Yeah. So that's yeah. not the problem. Who's been weirdly out of the team uh ever since the World Cup, which I don't really get, but yeah, yeah there was like fitness concern. Ten Hog has high fitness standards, I think. If you don't pass your beep test with United, you're not getting a sniff of right. the playing time. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Wampasaka, by the way, uh, yeah, United played good. again today. We're not going to really cover that game, but they tied 1 1. Yeah, great tackle. Yeah, uh, yeah. Is that where you're headed? Well, that, but I'm saying he's uh, got signs of life from Aaron Wampasaka yeah. and two, I'd say, decent games from him where we thought he's kind of dead on that United squad. No kidding. No kidding. Uh, anything else you want to call out for United? I think Bruno Fernandez has been really good and key for them. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Christian Eriksen. I think that, you know, the whole midfield has been a, just yeah. a transformation, right? From Scott McTominay, Fred and Fernandez yep. to Eriksen, Casemiro. And that's like yeah. a totally night and day quality wise. Well, Casemiro is the one I think. Right, yeah. is, the reason I said Rashford has been the man leading United and I kind of slowed down casemiro is the difference maker when i watch united where i'm like wow they finally have the holding center mid finally and he's just dominating games and i will say i don't know if we'll talk about the game later but he got a yellow card today against crystal palace he is suspended against arsenal at the weekend big big I'm really curious how that'll affect united you know so well, as, we'll as ten hog put it today uh they won without casemiro last time against arsenal and they'll have to do it again there you go yeah, i like that quote but that's you know easier said than done right yeah uh city um yeah what's going steal. on there a little stale a little stale from city i mean what like seven shots nothing I, I i saw nothing in that game from the front line honestly and i went yeah. back and watched most of this game because i'm not getting up at 4 30 to watch this game come on no, me neither but i saw nothing i tried, from... I tried you did well good for you i did not no i tried and fell asleep immediately oh. so. <laughs> okay <laughs> uh didn't see anything from phil foden or really riyad Mahrez in this game not enough anyway don't know i mean they like they were ousted from the cup right by southampton before this a little bit of a slide for city yeah um 
I have a hard time getting like big takeaways from Manchester City because all they do when they have little ruts and stretches like this is they'll go out and destroy the yeah. next team six nil or something. So I'm, I'm not. Yeah, who's next? Um, <laughs> I'm not gonna make an overreaction type of thing because Holland has like twenty something goal. It's ridiculous. I'm you know, the man hasn't can, scored in three games though. Uh, I mean, terrible. Sell him, Dortmund. <laughs> Come on, look at him, this guy. Uh, Even Darwin Nunez has scored in the last three games, so clearly he's better, right? Holland, flop. Yeah, I don't have the concerns, except for the fact that they can't do this anymore because they're eight points down. So if they, you know, they got to turn it on and it's got to start now, unless there's an Arsenal injury. But barring that, they have to turn it on right now. No, really, the only takeaway I have is I, I think it's a mentality thing with City because, like, still in this game, in possession and on the ball, they were still good, but I oh, feel yeah, no. like from a mentality position, I I think taking it from that general good play in possession and turning it turning it up a notch into goals and intensity, I think is it just lies in like a men- mentality state, and I just feel like the players. I don't know why you wouldn't be up for a a derby, but I don't think the players were approaching this in the right mentality because they didn't like they had the game in their hands and they just didn't like grab it by the scruff, you know? Mm-hmm. And yep. I, after winning everything under the sun for like five years, I could see how that'd be like an easy mental thing to miss. And I really, that's my only takeaway. I'm not worried about city, but you're right. Eight points, you know, that is only three game turnaround, but like that's, that's a gap, you know, it's a, it's a real gap. Yep. Maybe City are tired of wearing the Premier League. They want, you know, competitive. So they gave Arsenal, they gave Arsenal a manager. They gave them started with Gabby Jesus and Jim Chaco. Here you go. You know, like, let's get you started. Come on. Maybe they're going to throw the, throw the league to put all their eggs in the Champions League basket. Finally. You said everything under the sun. That's the one thing under the sun. They haven't won. So We'll see. Uh, real quick, we've gone a little over on time, but we're going to do all rapid fire. This was the plan going into this week until we saw this result. Brighton 3, Liverpool nil. What the hell? And not only was it like Brighton 3, Liverpool nil, I would say it was a deserved Brighton 3, Liverpool nil. Am I crazy for that? I mean... Uh, dominated. Um, dominated. Most Liverpool. of the stats, XG. Everything. Brighton, no longer XG Warriors. <laughs> I mean, what? How long have we been saying that Brighton under Graham Potter, good football, good to watch, don't score goals? Yep, scoring goals is not an issue anymore. After like, you they know, have the, they have the most of, most goals from after the break is Brighton. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, this is an example of a club going after a very specific type of manager, and it just clicking. At least it's early days, but like. Deserby stylistically is exactly what they wanted and is a good like manager to build off of what Potter created, but like, God, they just look so dangerous. And uh, Trossard was dropped for this game with rumors of, you know, there are rumors he might leave and other teams want him. And I think his head is a little turned and uh Deserby didn't like his attitude in training and dropped him. And yep. they still scored three solely March brace Japanese dude. Mitoma looks, he's really looking nice. Good. Yeah. yeah, he's a good player, man. Um, Danny Wolbeck playing well, you know? Came off the bench. I don't really know much about this Ferguson striker that started this game. Yeah, me I neither. think he's like a I think he's a young player. 
mm-hmm. like Irish lad. But like a big, a big young striker or something like big, that. Big, big yeah. guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But not only did Brighton come out and boss this game, like you would think, like, you know, they're counterattacking, coming up. They had 61% possession. Yeah. They had more shot. It, I couldn't believe with the lineup, they had new signing Cody Gakbo. They had Salah, Tiago, Fabinho, Henderson. They had their outside bat. I mean, I couldn't believe the way that Liverpool, Liverpool were played off the pitch. Yeah. Completely top to bottom played off the pitch. They truly looked like the away team. Um, it tells you everything you need to know. The fact that like we spent a solid couple minutes there and we didn't even mention Liverpool at all. Yeah. You know, Brighton deserve we didn't have to say like, oh, it'd be unfair to not say anything about Brighton. We just this is all Brighton all the time. Liverpool, though. I mean, how many times have we talked about this this season? Like, what is the issue? It's many things. I don't have really any more to add at this point. Like, they're I don't they're in transition. Like, I don't see what uh, what else it could be. They they have multiple they have problems all over the pitch. I would say defense. They were exceptional the past few years, right? Ever since Van Dyke came over, they've been exceptional. They've been what above average this yeah. season in the I, Premier League. That's not good enough. If that, if you know? not good enough. Midfield, huge problem. Huge problem yeah. why they're allowing so many goals. The transition, Fabinho's been off of it. I mean, he was just, dropped for part of the season, right? And, and they just partly don't injured. seem to blend very well. You know, like yeah. Fabinho, Tiago, they just don't seem to gel very well, which is weird because they're both, I mean, I know Tiago plays for Spain, but they're both Brazilian, you know? Yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. Forwards, we need more from Salah. We need, yeah. yeah, and they've had tons of injuries in the space. I get it, you know? But, we need more from we need more from Nunez. He's got to finish. We need we need more from everyone. That's really the bottom line. Yeah. Lots of problems top to bottom. No longer a high press team that you know, they're somewhere in between this like purgatory of like, we're not a we're not a defensive team. We don't sit back, but we also are not super on the front foot anymore because we can't press. We're a little too old for that now. So they're in this weird like purgatory kind of place mm-hmm. and like they could still finish top four but um, oh yeah it's very like disjointed mm-hmm. you know yeah we'll see for liverpool i mean lots of talks about further transfers bringing in midfielders we'll see what happens honestly nothing concrete yet but you get the feeling that klopp wants to do something because he yeah. sees gaps and he wants to address them liverpool of chelsea next which is going to be very interesting because you have two teams kind of on the downward Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're rolling down the snow hill right and so which one is gonna Where's get out of that liverpool anfield mm-hmm. 4 30 a.m unfortunately because oh. i have to watch that game oh, uh wow. brighton again in the fa cup <laughs> <laughs> oh no yeah. uh yeah we'll see what happens other results uh not gonna cover palace 1-1 uh over united we talked about that if you haven't watched it go watch that olise yeah. goal it happened today, Wednesday. What is it? The 18th. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. 90th minute free kick banger. Absolutely. Best, best free kick of the year so far. I, I've bagged on De Gea in the past. He's not stopping that. Um, yeah. Villa two, one over Leeds. Very entertaining game. Uh, I really don't have a lot of problems with Leeds except their defense. I mean, yeah. they just, they have, I mean, and striker, they could use another striker, but they more pl- so they played well this game. I thought Leeds did. were really good this game. They were, uh, Villa under uh good evening. Four wins out of six, I think. What a Turning man. Around. What a man. Stevie G doesn't know what he's doing, I guess, right? We've turned into good evening lovers on this Yeah, part. you know what? Uh, like funny, funny what happens when he doesn't manage for Arsenal anymore, right? Uh <laughs> Wolves won West Ham nil. We'll talk about 
West Ham manager in a second here, but Wolves, I mean, I don't think any other team can win more 1-0 games than Wolves. I mean, absolutely inability to score goals, but can somehow get points by keeping clean sheets. I mean, how many goals do they have this one second? They have 12 goals this season <laughs> in 19 games, yeah. and they're somehow not in the bottom three. That is it, unbe- yeah. unbelievable. And in a weird way, I could see that continuing, but I, what I will say, under Lopetegui, after like five games, they are much better to watch. Like, this is a manager who's known for getting teams to play an attractive style, and it looks better. It just might look a little bit like Brighton of last year. You know what I mean? It's so weird because, like, a lot of games, especially early on in this tenure, we were like, oh, man, Wolves are so good to watch under Bruno Lodge. Like, they were so good. They looked like a really good team. They just couldn't score. It was, like, mm-hmm. kind of a Brighton problem, but worse. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, big one here uh, at the bottom of the table. Everton 1, Southampton 2. Oof. No one was sacked at the end of this game. Everton, I mean, huge home. win for Southampton. Huge, huge win yeah. for Nathan Jones and the boys uh, at Southampton. But Everton, what are we doing? Um, Forest 2-0 over Leicester. Leicester are just absolute shit. Um, Forest rumored with like five players right now, by the way. <laughs> Literally how? I, I mean, I, I just don't, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, and, Le- and Lester, meanwhile, not still not linked with any other new center backs somehow. So, aren't you uh, rumored with Atletico? Wow, that's a uh, I think falling sun- upward for sure. <laughs> Brentford 2 0 over Bournemouth. I think it's time. Uh, Bournemouth are going to tumble, man. I think they're done. If I had to pick Bournemouth for any, I'd pick them 20th. I picked them 20th, I think, going into the season. I just, they had a nice run, a nice new manager bounce uh, yeah. from absolute dreadful scott parker miserable scrooge getting out of there i i just don't get bournemouth michael b jordan is not gonna save you guys right like not happening (laughs) what i will say uh before this game i think it was or maybe before the previous game uh bournemouth's new ownership group it wasn't michael b jordan if someone else said i can categorically like guarantee that we will not be relegated um yeah you're okay. you're born myth like don't be so naive come on yeah eleven thousand person stadium let's not get crazy here you know you're made for the championship uh chelsea won palace nil i mean is this a product of youth do you think this is a product of chelsea playing well or palace and i know they tied today but that's not a function of them playing really well they had an amazing mm-hmm. moment i think palace has been on the schneid a little bit here so what do you, do you think it's more of palace sucking or Chelsea being good? I mean, it's a little better from Chelsea, but might I remind you that this Palace side was just spanked 4-0 by Spurs. Tottenham, of all teams. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Palace has not been uh, in a good way at all, and I still wasn't impressed watching this Chelsea game. I'm not going to lie. Ziyech back into the team in this game, though. Had a little yeah. assist. The Moroccan wonder. Mm-hmm. No, uh, no Felix, no problem, I guess, right? Well, I don't know. Uh play liverpool next as i said earlier yeah. uh last but definitely not least newcastle won over uh fulham nil this goal was like the 90th yeah, minute it's like very late right so didn't watch this game live but i watched the highlights and newcastle keeps going with their stout defense and yeah turning out victories i mean yep alexander isak back from injury as uh, first right. game back in the premier league scores a 90 minute winner so 
They're confident in the strikers. I mean, I would be Callum Wilson. I mean, I don't know about his injury histories, Isak, but if you have those two, you definitely don't need Chris Wood, right? No, so. that's, we'll, we'll talk about him a little bit more. Um, upcoming tomorrow, not as part of the whole match week, but kind of a, you know, a makeup game city and Spurs tomorrow, Kyle, uh, will Spurs show up in the first half (laughs) (laughs) at the, at the empty head, you know, can Spurs do it for like the fifth time in the last eight years of like defying any sort of reason and logic and like pulling something out of their ass against city. Cause they keep doing it, but like, surely this is like one too many you know? I see i only see this game going two ways and because i said that it'll go neither one tottenham will play like they have again like last year against city and show up with a surprising result like two one three two type of thing yeah or tottenham get absolutely their doors blown off and it's yeah. three or four nil i i don't see it going any other way yeah, i don't see like a hard fought i just can't see it I don't, I, I tend to agree with you. Or even and like I correctly predicted the loss. Tottenham Arsenal game to the yeah. T. And I, I I just don't see it going. Yeah, way. I'm not super hopeful. But I will say, we didn't mention this earlier, all of Spurs' players are healthy and back again, which... Been a while. First time, I mean, I'm not even including Lucas Mora in the club oh, anymore. Forget him, forget but, him. But um, that's like the first time that's been the case all season. So, I, but will that change tomorrow? I would give it like a 5% chance. <laughs> I mean, I, I think we see Sun starting and Richarlison off the bench. I would personally yep. love to see Richarlison start. I just don't know if that's going to happen tomorrow. I think tomorrow's Sun's last opportunity to be like, all right, all right you're going to get dropped unless you do something. So, mm-hmm. yeah. All right, Kyle, we teased it earlier. We have a lot of managers under the microscope right now. As ever. As ever, I'm surprised that some of these names are still on here, to be fair. Yeah. But let's uh let's open back an old segment, one of our friends, the ramen meter. So what we do with the ramen meter, how spicy, how hot is the ramen? Is it still in the package, meaning it's not a threat, or is it really spicy? Is it boiling hot where that manager is under pressure? So Kyle, I'm gonna throw the first one at you. Our beloved American, Jesse Marsh, leads United scraping by above the relegation zone, getting some results here and there, but a lot of close losses, a lot of rumblings around Leeds. Where do you rate this on the ramen meter? Where are Leeds on the table? They're 14th right now. I'm looking 14th, but two points above 18th in the drop zone. That's true. And two points above uh, the last place team in Southampton. That's right. So it's all tight at the bottom. Damn, it's tight down there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to say, uh, God, I, I, all right. Yeah, I'm going to go with my head and I'm going to say six. It is, it is, the pressure's on. The stove's on if it's a six. I feel I don't, I, like, I don't think he's like three games away from the sack, but, um, you know, the, the, the water's heating up a little bit. And if things don't turn around, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I I I I want to see Marsh succeed, but I I fear with just how the Premier League is, with how short managers are in the in the hot seat for. I don't know. It doesn't spell mm. great news for him. But it's not like he'll get sacked if he loses. We have a massive stretch for him through February. We're gonna know if he's staying the whole season or if he's out before then. Two, I think, if he loses outright the next two games, I think there's a high chance he's gone. Mm. home at Brentford home against Brentford good team winnable game 
mm-hmm. away at Nottingham. Massive game. Mm-hmm. I think if he loses both of those games outright, I think there's a good chance he's gone. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. So, so I want so, him to succeed. So how hot is that ramen for you? I think it's a seven. It's a seven. Mm. So like the water is starting to boil a little bit. Like the it's it's not a full blown boil, and you're not actually cooking it, but you're seeing the the, the bubble. Percolate. The bubbles are first percolating. Yeah. It's like oh man, here we go. Packages open, open, about to put the ramen in. It's yeah. I hear you. I hear you. Next name, Frankie Lampard, Chelsea legend. Not as a manager, but as a player. Has Everton. At 19th place, second to bottom from the table, tied with 15 points, a team devoid of quality, the lowest amount of wins in the Premier League at three. That's despite scoring slightly more goals than Wolves. It's amazing that Wolves have more points. Kyle, Lampard, Ramen Meter, where are you at? Um... It's hot, man. Like, like. So I'm, you've you've picked what flavor you want. We're way past that, right? Oh, the the ramen's in in there, and it's, oh, it's boiling, in. and it's cooking. Um, I mean, look, they just placed, they just lost at home against the last place team, Southampton. Um, this weekend, well, I'll say what I was about to say for the next manager. Okay. But, um, I think depending on what happens this weekend, he could be gone, and I'm not, I'm not even kidding. Um, I would say it's at like a nine. Seriously, I, nine. I would not be surprised if this is the last podcast we're talking about uh Frankie Lampard as, as Everton manager. I think it's that hot. I'm about to like, you know, I would say it's fully cooked through and I'm about to like put that shit in my bowl. Um, how hot is it for you? I mean, I think I've just put the flavor packet in. Mm. Mm-hmm. The salty ass, unhealthy that, that flavor MS, pack. MSG <laughs> laced goodness. Yeah. 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 And this ain't the Ichiban, like good noodles. This is top ramen flavor <laughs> packet we're talking about. That's what you get with Everton. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Quality. <laughs> uh, West Ham, Arsenal, Liverpool are your next three. West Ham, such a massive game. If you don't win that, Arsenal, Liverpool. I mean, I just can't imagine Everton scoring enough goals to win those games. I don't know, Kyle. Yeah. I don't know. Which leads us into our next one. David Moyes, manager of West Ham, a team that came in with a lot of money, a lot of investment, a lot of expectation, way more than Everton. Let's be fair about this. Way Way better quality quality. team than Everton. Sitting down tied in points at 15, 18th and 19th place, respectively. West Ham, David Moyes, Ramen Meter, is that shit done boiling at this point? I mean, is it like in the bowl? Where are you yeah. at with David Moyes? I'm tempted to say it's a 10, but I'll also say it's a nine. And the reason I say it's a nine is because I'm I'm officially dubbing this weekend's game. I'm going to totally watch this game, by the way, unless there's like a complete 7 a.m. It's a it's a watchable game. West Ham, Everton, El Sakiko. Here we go. <laughs> I think whoever loses, loses their job. I, I in a way I could see Everton losing and Lampard still staying. However, if West Ham lose at home to Everton, I I I think it's a ten out of ten. Moyes is gone. I mean, just the expectations are different. It uh, I don't know. They're trying to change their identity. It's not working, and um, I think it's a must win game this weekend. 
El Sakiko. I love that. I, I'm putting it at a 10. I'm taking my first bite. Let me just call it out. I'm yeah. taking my first bite of the beef flavored top ramen. So so what does the 10 mean? Like maybe we should establish that for your imagination. <laughs> he is literally on the on the cusp of being gone. Yeah. That's, that's it. I mean, I think if he draws at home against Everton, he could be gone. Yeah. But I think it is a must-win game for David Moyes, where I think if Frankie gets a draw, he probably lives on at Liverpool mm-hmm. or at, <laughs> at Everton yeah. slightly longer. But I, I don't know how Moyes gets out of it. They've spent a shit ton of money. It's Lucas true. Paqueta, Skamaka, they have Declan Wright. They have good players. A Gerd from Morocco. And I, is he even And he's been injured I... for a lot of the season. He, I mean... Who's in, he's healthy now. I don't want to give excuses. West Ham should be no lower than 10 with their quality, really, or 12. Let's just say 12 at this point. They should be no lower than 12. It's true. Losing to that. Wolves 1-0, and I understand it, you know, Daniel Podence has the sauce, all that, but Jared Bowen, where is he? What's going yeah, on? The, the like has been totally absent. Next um, English great should be in the World Cup squad, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah. Yep, Thomas Suchek is really his form has fallen off the cliff. Mikel Antonio is no longer on his amazing form. Skamaka has struggled to adapt, but I think it'd be hard to adapt to this West Ham team. I'm not going to lie, as a striker, it's just yeah, man. Not good. Paquette, Paquetta could be a lot better too. So I don't know. Got a couple bonus ones to throw at you, Graham Potter. He hasn't been the manager of Chelsea long. Took over for Thomas Tuchel been an absolute belly flop and nosedive into a concrete pool ever since he has been manager of Chelsea. Kyle, a little bit of an interesting take because of the political ramifications that this would look on Todd Bowley for sacking Potter, but does Potter show up on the ramen meter? I think uh, this will sound like I'm sitting on the fence, but I'm I'm really not. I, I think Potter will perpetually be on the Romanometer because this is Chelsea. And yes, Abramovich isn't there, but like it's Chelsea. And Todd Bowie s- strikes me as a decisive, for better or worse, <laughs> owner. Uh, so I think Potter will always be there, but I'm going to actually put Potter at a three on the Romanometer. Mm. I, I think they've made this decision. Uh, sacking Tuchel was not based on form at all at all um it was based on just new direction for the new ownership and i think they're just going to give it a little more time so i'm going to say like a three um i'm like look i'm opening my cupboard looking at what flavors of ramen i have and i'm like yeah the kimchi one would be pretty good maybe tomorrow you know yeah i i guess that would be a three and a half where i picked like Mm, I think I would want that flavor, but I haven't like you've taken reached, it off. The, you've reached I, out. I'm reaching. I like <laughs> identified what flavor I'm going to go with. Well, damn. I thought you were going to say like a seven or something, but no, 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 no. Yeah. The next one though, I'll go first on this one. Antonio Conte. Mm, curveball. Maybe even go- weirder than the Potter situation. It is bizarre. Yeah. You know, historically, Top, top quality manager. Weird underlying tensions with the board. Hasn't got the most out of his team. I'm going to go with six. Six. Mm. Water's boiling. 
The water is boiling and it's not necessarily all board driven. I think some of it could be Conte Conte's frustrated driven. <laughs> yeah, I think he's, you know, I'm going to go a six, nothing immediate, but it's tension is rising. Yeah. I just think it's on such a knife knife's edge. It's, it's hard to say. So you think a- it could go like one to 10, like we have instant cup of noodles, throw it in the microwave, accelerate oh, I- the process type of situation here. Well, well, the reason I'll say a five is because I think it is right now as we speak going from one to 10. Okay. Um, But the reason I'm going to settle down a little bit is because Conte, this is the third transfer window with Conte. And he's done this every flipping time. Um, but it's different this time because his contract's out at the end of the season. Mm. Yeah. This manager and this board are so unpredictable. It's hard for me to say anything other than a five. But uh, I will guarantee you, Daniel Levy, for all of his faults, uh, is decisive. And he's the kind of crazy-ass owner who, if Conte is annoying him and is refusing to look long-term like say Conte decides he's not going to extend the contract. I would not be shocked if Levy just sacks him like in March, like not based on form at all. Like literally it's just like, well, then what's yeah, the point just, and done. sacks him? Yeah. He's like, what's the point? I see Tuchel and Pochettino are both available and Luis Enrique, you know, like, so ah, what a weird situation. I don't want to talk about it anymore. I love that I just compared like every other club to ramen and I just like absolutely identified Tottenham as a cup of noodles type of club. Mm-hmm. Just makes me a little happy and warm on the inside. Hey, Regardless. Chelsea is uh, represented in this list too. Let's not forget that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, real quick. We've gone way over transfers since we last recorded and deals that have been done. We mentioned Joe Felix. He was rumored. Uh, it was basically strong. Yeah. And, uh, he's played a game and started for Chelsea and subsequently sent off <laughs> in that same game, uh, which is too bad. Cause I mentioned earlier, he looked like their best player, but again, yeah, seriously, uh, seriously, crazy I'll, money involved. It's like actually 11... a sh- it, it's, it's a real shame, honestly, because I want to see him more. It's a loan same. through without an option to buy like this. Yeah. I don't know. He was bought. He was bought to play what, uh, twenty games. Right now so. he'll play seventeen games or sixteen or whatever. Yeah, I can't, I'm terrible. So what is it? Um, Eleven million divided by so it's like seven hundred thousand a game or something right. like that. Yeah, pretty yeah, much. Loan. Pretty much. I mean, the, just eleven million loan fee to play half a season without a buy option. That's just terrible. Terrible deal. I I don't get it. Terrible deal. Great player. Hopefully we see more. Chelsea wasn't uh, on there though. No, another Chelsea theme. Uh, Mudrik from the Shakhtar um, unveiled as an official Chelsea player. Weird, what a crazy weird, deal. Weirdest announcing of a signing ever. They kind of just like threw it on their Instagram page and put his handle in the title. It was like bizarre. I'm like, is it done? Is it not? I don't know. But there it was. Shakhtar absolutely fleeced Chelsea with all the money that they got because Chelsea poached for Arsenal so much so that like they're giving and they might have done this anyway, but like 25% of the funds from the yep. sale to the Ukrainian army, which is pretty sweet, but yep. um, just shows how much money they got for that sale. I'm almost convinced this is a ploy by Chelsea to do whatever they can to wash their hands of Roman Abramovich. Yeah, but I, there I could think- be some of that too. 
that that is probably unfair on Mudrick. Um, I, but I think this move is one symbolic and two Mudrick is and has been a really hot property throughout Europe. Mm-hmm. And he was great for the Champions League. Uh, yeah. First half of the season scored a banger against Madrid. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want, no, like I, I want no part of him playing Dortmund. Don't want any part. You should sit for a while. Yeah. Uh, shot. Where was where was this defender from? Badia Shield. Uh, uh, that Monaco. Chelsea paid the, yeah, Monaco. That's yeah, he's I, really young. He's like 21. Super, super young like defender. Yeah. I mean, Chelsea have Thiago Silva that can't play forever, right? I mean, mm-hmm. come on. So, you know, and they've, West, I don't know. I, I, I can't, I'm not going to attempt to uh, try to like, understand Chelsea, understand Chelsea's uh, transfer strategy, but mm-hmm. another young, uh, Valt Veghorst confirmed on loan uh, through the end of the season from Burnley terminated from Besiktas, I think. Uh, so we'll see how that works out. Uh, big money, uh, G- Jorginho Ruther from Hoffenheim goes to yeah. Leeds. I haven't watched much. I know I'm the Bundesliga expert here, but I have not watched a lot of Hoffenheim games. I'm going to be honest this season. So I just know he's young and Dutch and Leeds spent 30 million on him. And I'm like, wow, it seems like a lot of money to, for, for a gamble, but we'll see. Yeah. I literally have never seen him, but I have seen Pablo Sarabia, mm-hmm. uh, who is going to Wolves from PSG. Yep. And I think he was at Sevilla before PSG. Does that sound right? Sounds right. I'll, I'll fact check, but keep going. Yeah, I mean, he's a good sure. player. He's He's gotten minutes as a sub for Spain uh, at like two different tournaments now. I mean, World I think, Cup just now. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's like 29 and Wolves only spent like 5 million euros on him. And I'm like 5 million. It's not a it's not a crazy signing by any stretch of the imagination. So, I think it's a good signing. I don't know how well his game his game will blend with England, but um again, Wolves, like you need a striker and you've signed your like eighth wide attacker. <laughs> I I it's just weird. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe Raul will come back from the dead. I don't know. Really real shame there. Uh Orsic, right, to Southampton. Now, um, now I've seen this guy play for, like, sad reasons for me, but he's the guy who destroyed Tottenham for Zagreb in that pathetic <laughs> Europa League game where they lost to, you know, their man, their owner was just uh, jailed for corruption charges oh my like God, three days right. before. Yeah. So they go, they're two nil up and have to go to Croatia, and they somehow lose that. Orsic scored the hat trick, and he scored for Croatia at the World Cup, a, a cracking goal. So... He's a good player, but he's like 30, you know, um, goal scoring wide attacker for cheap money from a league that isn't at the same level. So I don't know. I'll be really curious. Going to a desperate team too, right? He'll get minutes. I'm sure he'll score some goals. Yeah. So those are the confirmed new rumors. Declan Rice to Arsenal, uh, whether that's now or I I just, I don't know. Could Um, you imagine like just how mad Chelsea would be? Chelsea's going to have a say in that whole thing. Uh, yes, they will. Trossard, I believe rumors here. Uh, sounds like him and the manager, according to his, have completely fallen out. Looks like there's going to be an exit on the cards here. This sounds legit too. I think I think both, honestly, North London clubs make a lot of sense here. Uh, yeah. Whether he starts or come, a great, great option off the bench. He's been quality for Brighton, even as of this season. Never rule out Chelsea. I mean, just exhaustingly. Uh, I, don't, I don't think any of those clubs fans would really complain too much about this. If, I, I think both North London clubs, honestly, make a lot of sense for the stretch run. Yeah. Uh, Chris Wood to Forrest. This looking probably the most likely on this list. Uh, Isak and 
what's Callum Wilson Callum are both healthy, yeah. healthy right now. Uh, Chris Wood deserves minutes. He's probably a bottom tier starter for a premier league team, but he deserves minutes, yeah. right? Newcastle was terrible when he went there and he saved them a little bit. Yeah. And now it's time to maybe go well, save another team or Forrest need a goal scorer. I mean, uh, weirdly enough, uh, the guy they got from Wofford last season just hasn't done it. Dennis uh, hasn't done Dennis, anything. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. What's going on? Ben Johnson's maybe been their most prolific scorer, uh, most consistent scorer, maybe. This is a better word, yeah. uh, consistent in whatever crazy. you define uh, yeah. the word to be. Oh, what's the other one? Awani hasn't done much either. No, yeah. So they have all sorts of new players, but uh, and then uh, Danny Ings, uh, kind of frozen out at Aston Villa under good evening, and now uh, West Ham are looking for striker reinforcements, especially with Antonio rumored to maybe leave. So maybe uh, Danny Ings is a off the bench striker for West Ham. We'll see. Yeah, possibly. we're gonna get a lot more rumors. starter, you know. Yeah, true. Uh, we're gonna get a lot more rumors. Uh, Chelsea's gonna be rumored with like ten more players <laughs> by the end of uh, the transfer window. Um, trying to think what else. I mean, we've seen smoke with Gundogan to Barcelona. I don't understand yeah. that or how they'll afford it. Um, sure, there'll still be sorry. some other weird Barcelona deals, but in the Premier League, I mean. Yeah, Chelsea are obviously the team that'll do some business. Um, trying to think if any of the struggling clubs will do business. I would say Everton, but like they don't have a lot of money and they need they to don't. They're putting a lot into that stadium project, right? And so they don't have a lot of money to spend right now. And their their squad is not good enough. Let's just yeah. call it as it is. So yep. And you know, I've said this last week, I'll say it again. I think the two teams whose hopes for where they finish in the league, uh you know, the two teams that rely on the January transfer window, I think it's Tottenham and Newcastle. So uh, I think Newcastle need a little extra juice to just make sure they extend this and Spurs need some if they want to get in the conversation. So, and to satisfy Conte. So I'll be keeping an eye on that. Uh, West Ham too. I would chuck it in the mix because they, mm. uh, they certainly got some money. Should. They should. Although they spent a lot this, this, uh, this they summer. They did, but they don't want to be relegated, right? So. Like like 100 at least this summer. I mean, Skamaka. Paqueta and Skamaka, 30, it's themselves. Well, Aguirre yeah. was also 30. Yeah, that's like 90 million, I think, right, right there. there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um. All right, this weekend, Liverpool, Chelsea, 430, not watching it, but will yeah. be fantastic to review in great detail. Uh, West Ham, Everton, as Kyle said, El Sakiko, definitely tuning into that. That is yep. going to be fantastic. Uh, Palace hosting Newcastle, not that exciting. Arsenal against United will be the game yep. of the weekend. Saturday, right? Uh, Sunday, Sunday. Game, 830. Uh, no Casemiro for United, so we'll see how they how they stop Odegaard. Because they're going to put somebody in that spot. I think they're going to, Ten Hogg's going to play with a three. So will they put Fred in there? What will they do? Fred and McTominay, baby. Show oh, both, both of them. <laughs> oh, man. And then Monday is Tottenham Fulham, which I think is going to be another good game. Yeah, at Fulham. Mm-hmm. At the Craven Cottage. Yep. All right. We'll be another good week next week. We'll cover all the best games. Make sure you uh, subscribe and follow us on all the platforms, and we will see you next week.